We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the NFC East Feast. John, can you believe it? We're already in week 10, brother. I can't believe it, man. I mentioned it last week. You got to you got to enjoy them, man. You got to enjoy them. We're already halfway through, and it's a long wait in between seasons it feels like sometimes, man. I know. I know that the first half of the season has flown by. There's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows for all the teams in the division, other than probably the Eagles, who have, who have been mostly on a high. And now this week, they're on a bye, but we will get into uh, their game with the Cowboys in just a yeah. minute. Uh, I they quickly live in Philadelphia, want... though, so that's, that's there's a lot of lows there, you know? You're right. No, that, that is a low. You're right. So yeah, they, <laughs> it, it can't all be love um, in the city of Philly. Uh, I quickly just want to go over this Giants-Raiders game. For my Giants fans out there listening, we love you and we appreciate your support. But it's just, just this is not good for you guys. Uh the Giants, of course, flew to the desert to play the Raiders and uh, came out with a just an ass-whooping, man. Uh, the, as we went over last week, the Raiders fired their offensive coordinator, fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels, um, started uh, the rookie quarterback who we love to, to call AOC, Aiden O'Connell. And uh, all due respect uh, to Antonio Pierce, his first game as an NFL head coach comes in there. Seemed like the locker room really loved him. Uh, you could tell they were really playing with a lot of passion. Uh, they, they come out with a 30-6 to win over the Giants. And it just goes from bad to worse for the Giants. Daniel Jones comes back in this game from his absence um, with a neck injury. And within the first, I think, uh, 15 to 20 minutes of football, tears his ACL. He's out for the season. I, I'm sure we'll talk more about the future of Daniel Jones and the and the Giants in future pods, definitely as we get into the offseason. But for now, uh, Tommy DeVito comes into the game. I give the kid credit. He moved the ball. He actually got them into the end zone for their only score, throws a touchdown pass to Wandell Robinson. But other than Saquon Barkley, who always you know brings his best every Sunday, guy had 100, uh, over 100 total yards. Nothing went right for the New York Giants. On defense, they couldn't do any. They couldn't stop the Raiders. Josh, uh, give you credit, John. You said this is a big Josh Jacobs game. Josh Jacobs looked great for the Raiders. They relied heavily on the running game. Something that I don't understand why Josh McDaniels didn't do. It's like he refused to throw the ball to Devontae Adams, which which Devontae Adams honestly didn't even have a huge game in this right. one. But at least it, Antonio Pierce and the new offensive coordinator 
I don't know his name, my apologies. They at least ran the football, and they used uh, Josh Jacobs in an above-average Raiders offensive line to control the line of scrimmage. And the rookie quarterback, uh, Aiden O'Connell, did not turn the ball over. And the Raiders are pumped up. You know, they're smoking cigars post game. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for the Max Crosby's of the world and the veterans in that locker room. So the good times keep rolling for the Raiders and for the Giants. John, I think they're just left searching for answers. <clears throat> yeah, man, this is a really tough break for the Giants because I mean, as much as Daniel Jones has had his ebb and flows throughout his time with the Giants, this is just this feels kind of like a period. I know they just signed him to that big contract, but. Massive injuries now, injuries that have held him out of games two years in a row. And even when he's in, there's always been the questions around whether or not he's their guy. Um, this is going to land the Giants probably at the end of the season with a pretty high draft pick. I don't know what kind of draft yes. capital they have, um, but a lot of decent quarterbacks coming out of the draft. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't envision this going well uh, moving forward for Danny Dimes, but you know, they, they want to build around their defense. They want to build around a strong run game, and they've got some of those pieces there already. So, I mean, I guess if there's one positive there for the Giants, it's that. But, yeah, I definitely called it. I felt like, uh, you know, the Raiders were going to come off, uh, you know, the changes in, in the uh, the coaching department and, and really be yes. ready to play. I think it's it's a crazy stat. It's like, I think it's 100% um, when when teams change coaches like that midseason, it's like a, yeah. I think it's a hundred percent win rate the next week. Um, wow, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, and the, and the Raiders definitely did that. Aiden O'Connell obviously serviceable. Devontae Adams doesn't get super involved, but all of the videos you see coming out of their locker room, like he's he's a leader on that team and he's pumping everybody up. Yes, they're excited for the future now moving forward in that building. One thing I saw that I thought was really cool uh, was Antonio Pierce had. All of the practice squad players um, with sideline yeah. passes are on, on the sideline. That just made me think, man, you know, scout team guys like us, Brian, you know, and these guys. Scout get team to... warriors, baby. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and these guys, these guys got to be on the sidelines, and he was really impassioned about it. was really, like, um, adamant about it, and that's not a typical thing. So, yeah, good luck for the Raiders going forward. Um, but bad breaks for the Giants, man. Yeah, I wonder, first of all, I'm rooting for Antonio Pierce, football guy, you very likable um, individual. But it makes me think of, uh, remember last year, Jeff Saturday um, was uh, uh, inserted as the interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts win that game that Sunday, and everyone's like, oh, like everyone's talking crap about Jeff Saturday, doesn't deserve the coaching job. But then the Colts proceeded to lose their next oh, seven course. straight games. Yeah. I so, mean, the Raiders, I don't, the Raiders I don't, did it just two years ago. Uh, with their special teams yes. coach, and he actually was doing half decent. And oh, they Rich, Rich Bisaccia, something That's right. like that. Bisaccia, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I mean, good luck to the Raiders going forward, and and to the Giants. Uh, I think you're right. If you're a Giants fan right now, obviously, I think you're probably over Daniel Jones. Uh, although they just signed him to that massive four year, $160 million contract. I feel like these days everything's negotiable. You can probably find a way to get off that contract, move him, defer some money here or there. And I'm looking ahead to the mock drafts Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix. It doesn't, you know, insert your JJ McCarthy, whatever quarterback, old, you know, fits your fancy. Nicks. Oh, Bo Nix, who somehow is still playing college football. I'm pretty sure that guy <laughs> played against Cam Newton in college football or something. But, uh, but it's, uh, it's. I feel bad for Brian Dable. I can just see the. Okay. You know, he's very uh, so passionate on the sidelines. He's got that big red jolly face. He's looking like Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, yelling, cursing. I feel like his job is safe. But as this season goes on, uh, I don't see the Giants 
winning a lot of football games. I certainly don't think that they're going to win this coming Sunday. But it's uh, how quickly things change. Last year, you know, the Giants, they won a playoff game. They went to Minnesota, got a playoff win. Daniel Jones only threw five interceptions. But this year, already had six before the injury. It looks it, it could be a total rebuild. I don't know. I don't want to sound too, sound too hyperbolic. One thing that stood out to me for sure is although as much as I know on the podcast, we love sexy Dexy Dexter Lawrence. They traded his uh, running mate, Leonard Williams, to the Seahawks yeah. this past week. That was obvious because they're double teaming Dexter Lawrence and that void that Leonard Williams used to fill. Josh Jacobs right through those holes. So he he will sorely be missed for the Giants defense. And that's kind of a sign, right, of things to come, I think. I, I've been saying it yes. for the, the last uh, year and a half, essentially, that, you know, uh, Dayball and and Shane haven't had a chance to really put their stamp on this this roster. So I agree with you. I think they're, they might be in for a total rebuild at this point. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, compare Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback, to like a baby Josh Allen. He's very big, freakish physical mm. talents. You saw what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Right. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but maybe the Giants are looking to draft a quarterback from North Carolina. But let's uh, let's move on to happier times, teams that are winning football in the NFC East, and that <laughs> is the Washington Commanders. I want to pat myself on the back. I thought you guys could go on the road to New England, tough place to play, especially for young quarterbacks, but slinging Sammy Howell came out there. I thought at one point that guy was going to throw 60 passes, ended up throwing like, I think, 45 or so, um, but really set the tone for the commanders. This kid was out there, um, throws for over 300 yards again. I mean, George sent us a stat, which I don't think we ever confirmed, but over the past five weeks, he has the most passing yards in the NFL. And I believe it after his past couple performances, uh, you guys were able to have a respectable running game. Uh, Brian Robinson, 63 yards. Um, Antonio Gibson had another 30 or so. But Sam was just out there dealing to his wide receivers. Jahan the Don, we love it. Back-to-back games now. He gets in the end zone. Oh, yeah. He's somebody where if I'm a if I'm a fantasy football player and he was dropped early in the, in the season, which I know I dropped him, I would be on the waiver wire trying to scoop him back up. Terry McLaurin leads the team in targets and yards as he should. And the Washington Commanders defense, um, that's a proud locker room, man. After you lose Chase Young and Montez Sweat, although obviously Mac Jones and his Patriots offense isn't the most formidable, if you hold an NFL team on the road to under 20 points after losing arguably your two best players, I think that goes a, a long way of, I don't know if I'm going to give the credit to Jack Del Rio, but I'm going to say that Jonathan Allen and Jerron Payne and those guys on defense rallied. And shout out to the young Emmanuel Forbes. The kid has had an up and down rookie season, but I think this was his best game. Really happy for him, John. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and Emmanuel Forbes specifically was rated, um, I think, the highest rated PFF defender this week. So. Um, wow. He posted an Instagram uh, story or a uh, post before the game saying, I'm back. Um, so I don't know what happened to boost his confidence, but it was really nice to see that. And I mean, obviously, he's not playing against top tier talent in this game, but sometimes it's it's great for those players to kind of get that notch in their belt and just get back on track. So I'm super, super pumped for the kid because I really do believe in him. Um, I think he's shown a lot of good stuff on tape. Um, he's obviously had his struggles here and there, but he's a rookie. Um, you know, they, they, that'll happen. So, but no, I mean, I was super excited. Like I said, you know, at the end of the pod last week, like, obviously I want the commanders to win the game. Um, and this was definitely kind of felt a little bit like a, a bounce back week or a get right week. We didn't come out and destroy the Patriots, but, um, there was only a small point in the game where I really thought that it was 
either going to get out of control the wrong direction for us or that we didn't kind of have a grasp on the game. And I think a lot of that was because of the way Sam Howe was playing. Um, gave me a lot of confidence watching that game. I think he's building. I think him and the enemy are building. Um, he's he's dishing the ball around. I mean, he made a couple of throws that if he had the the prestige or the name uh, that follows, you know, a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen, some of the plays that he made would be, you know, flaunted all over all over NFL and SportsCenter right now. When you see them happen with a young quarterback, however, they definitely make your heart stop there for a second. There was one that he threw <laughs> to Byron Pringle, cross body, about to get hit, somehow completed it. But Byron Pringle, to, I mean, to give him credit, he's been great for us. And he was wide open. So, I mean, Sam must have seen it out of the corner of his eye and made a great throw. He made a couple of really impressive throws during that game. The, t- the touchdown to, uh, to Jahan that you mentioned, that was like, Very I mean, nice. he just dropped that in the bucket, dude. The game could have been, I mean, I think we could have scored more. Deami Brown has one go right through his hands in the end zone. Um, so I definitely, yeah, it, it's encouraging to see. Um, you know, like I said, it's it, to get a get-right week, to go on the road, get a big win, that's always huge in the NFL. And and like I said, Sam Howell just continues to get better every week and, and definitely want to just kind of ditto you. Like, the defense... Well, it wasn't like an amazing performance. I mean, obviously the game ceiling interception was amazing. What I really appreciate who was, was who was that? Who, Quan Martin. Who got, who got ah the Quan rookie Martin. from Illinois? Nice. Yeah. So that's exactly what I was just going to allude to was that uh, that last drive on defense. There was a ton of the rookie players involved, as well as uh, some of our second round guys that you know have gotten a lot of knocks lately. Uh, more so, Ron Rivera getting knocks for the personnel decisions that he's made. Because uh, sometimes they're a little bit like he's trying to outsmart the room, maybe, and pick guys that he thinks are good uh, rather than the consensus or the chalk the chalk pick. But yeah, I really proud of the defense. I really do think they stepped up again. It was kind of a get right week because, as you mentioned, Mac Jones isn't lighting the world on fire. None of their wide receivers really scare you. Uh, but kudos to the Patriots. Demario Douglas looks pretty serviceable right now as a wide receiver he option. Does. And Ramondre Stevenson, gosh, dude, he gashed us a couple of really big times. Um, so that was a, so that was a big touchdown run he had. Big yeah. one. Maybe and a career high, if I, if I want to say. And I don't remember if that was the drive that came off the Brian Robinson fumble, but B-Rob doesn't fumble a ton. The, that was the moment in the game, though, when it kind of turned around. And it was like Washington had like 200-something yards of offense and were down 10 to 14 going into the half. And it was like, wait, what? Like what's like what's going on here? This doesn't feel right. So that's where it kind of felt like, oh man, this thing's might this might get away from us here. But again, kudos to the team. They really rallied, and I really like what Sam Howell and the enemy are building here. So I hope moving forward for the team, whatever changes are made in the off season, because I do anticipate changes being made. Uh, I, I hope yeah. the two of them are involved. Yeah, when I look at the Commanders, um, I see. A locker room. Oh, sorry, uh, not involved in is... changes. Not involved in the changes. Right. I, the two of them are staying behind. They're involved <laughs> in the future. Of course. Uh, this locker room to me, I saw the camera was in there. Ron Rivera's talking about uh, Victory Tuesday because everybody's <laughs> off till Wednesday. Oh, everybody's great. fired up, putting their hands in, cheering. Um, I believe it was John Allen uh, spoke what I think all of us would echo that 
we know that Sam's the guy. Like, we're going forward with it. There's no more talk of, like, are the, are the commanders going to be drafting a quarterback in the first round? This is our guy. We're going to build around him because through the first um, nine or ten starts of his career, he absolutely deserves it because, let's see, he beat the Cowboys last year in Week 17. So through ten starts, he's 5-5 five and five with not the best roster um, or organization around him. So that's very impressive from Sam. So I think a vote of confidence from from a captain like John Allen, letting him know that he's their guy, only only is going to instill a better play of him heading down the stretch. And uh, you guys are four and five right now. If you look at the NFC playoff picture, you are firmly entrenched in the wild card oh, yeah. hunt. I think the New- we we know the New York Giants have taken themselves out of this playoff picture. The Dallas Cowboys are five and three. They're a slip up or an injury away from being tied with you guys right now. If I'm a Commanders fan. I don't know if you have Super Bowl aspirations, but I think this team can definitely be playing meaningful meaningful games into 2024. And I think that's all you want for at this point in the season. For sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, it's exciting to see because there's always been glimmers of hope with this Ron Rivera-led commander's team. And, uh, I mean, all you can do is keep pressing on. Like I said last week, these players aren't going to quit, right? I mean, regardless no. of what they think is going to happen this offseason, there's a lot of guys out there that are, that are trying to prove that they can still play in this league and they can make a big impact. So, Yes. All right, let's get into the game of the week. America's game of the week where <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts um, beat the Dallas Cowboys 28-23. to Jalen Hurts shakes off a knee injury. Um, he was banged up coming into this game. I saw him limping around. I would never root for someone to get hurt, but you know, at some part part of me was like, could he miss maybe just you know the second half of this football game and have Marcus yeah. Mariota come in? But Jalen Hurts guts it out. He threw a dime to Devontae Smith, one of the best deep balls I've seen this entire season. But he was matched, snap for snap, pass for pass by Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, three hundred seventy four yards. Three touchdowns, played fantastic. C.D. Lamb goes for almost 200 yards. He was roasting the Philadelphia Eagles defensive backs. But as I said last week, I think the Philadelphia Eagles back end is susceptible, and the Cowboys exposed that. But that front four, they they were at their best, man. You got the Hall of Famer Fletcher Cox in there blowing stuff up. Um, Former Super Bowl hero Brandon Graham getting sacks. Josh Sweat getting sacks. Of course, Jalen Rader and Jordan Davis in there wreaking havoc. The Cowboys could not run the football, and I think that may be their demise as they as they um look to uh, make a postseason run. Tony Pollard, I love Tony Pollard. Really would have loved us to see us get a big back at the trade deadline. You know, my pipe dream was Derrick Henry. That didn't happen, but even signing somebody like Leonard Fournette, I think really could have helped. No real assemblement of a running game for the Dallas Cowboys, but a lot of things went right. I thought, um, as I said, Dak played great. Um, the defense, they held their own against um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia wasn't able to really dominate in the run game, but of course we couldn't stop the brotherly shove. So frustrating as an opposing team oh, yeah. to watch them because uh, – Greg Olson, who Greg Olson, I think does a great job on Fox. I don't think he gets enough credit. Greg Olson talking about how for offensive coordinator Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni, it is such an ace in the hole to know that you're almost always playing in four down territory if it's fourth and one or two. Because yeah. in, in third down, you're playing like it's second down. You have an extra, you have an extra down in your pocket every time. But talk about John, um, a game of inches. You know, that's a, you know, it's an old cliche for this league. Man, you look at Dak Prescott um, stepping, out, barely stepping out of bounds when he's going uh, for the end zone to run it in. Or we think we have a go-ahead touchdown with Luke Schoonmaker. 
he's knees down at the one yard line. Like devastating. And then I think the Eagles fumbled maybe three times. I know two off the top of my head. DeAndre Swift fumbles, but he falls right back on it. And then at the end of the game, they have a miscue where DeAndre Swift and AJ Brown run into each other. And then um they're Steen, um, I, I believe uh, their their right guard Steen, who was uh, replacing someone on the offensive line, happens to fall on the football. So, a lot of things balls could have went the Cowboys' way, didn't happen. Uh, but it wasn't all roses, John. Before I let you hop in here, I gotta I gotta be a little bit down on my Cowboys. Uh, our buddy Costa K texts me. Um, it's just it's the intangibles and it's the the lack of awareness of the Dallas Cowboys in particular. He calls him Fat Mac, Mike McCarthy. Uh, if you just look at the final <laughs> the final drive of the game, as we're, like, as we're going for the potential game-winning touchdown, here's the series of plays all that happened. False start, delay of game, Dak Prescott takes a sack, and then we throw a completion short of the goal line where C.D. Lamb catches it at the five-yard line, never has a chance to score. So, like, as, as much as I believe in Dak and this team after watching this performance that we can make a playoff run, possibly make our first NFC Championship game since 1995-96, it's things like that. We play teams like the Eagles or possibly the 49ers in the playoffs that, that are they're going to come back to get us. It's it's the intangibles. It is the, it's, it is the football awareness that uh, I feel our head coach lacks. And um, one more guy I want to throw under the bus, Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele, our right tackle, was getting beat like he stole something the entire game, and that's what that's why Dak was under constant duress. But all in all, I don't feel that bad as bad as I usually feel after a Cowboys loss. Yeah, man. I mean, you said it last week about the Commanders, and I'll reiterate what you know the same point. Like the Cowboys don't lose to a lot of teams playing the way that they did this week. Um, and yeah. it's funny you you mentioned the the inches statement, but I mean, one of the best football movies of all time, right? Any given Sunday. Al Pacino's yes. famous speech, one half second, too slow, too fast. You don't quite make it. One half second, you know? So it's like, it, it really comes down to inches. And I think that if if those little things went Charles' way, this game absolutely could have ended differently for you guys. Um, but there, I mean, there were encouraging things. I mean, obviously you guys, you know, don't come up with a W, but C.D. Lamb, again, 191. Like, Ooh. holy cow, dude. Him and Dak are definitely finding their stride. Jake Ferguson uh, is kind of, kind of coming to the top of that tight end pile. Um, he's a target that's, yep. you know, very. Uh, he, he's he's open and and he's a security blanket for Dak. So there's a lot of positives. I mean, obviously this was nowhere near the the shellacking that you guys got from the 49ers. So I don't think this is a, a loss to be discouraged about. Like, there's no moral victories, right? You always want to come out with a W, but. Defensively, I thought you guys did a really good job. Um, it on the Philadelphia Eagles side, it's just crazy to see that they're just they don't play football the, the way that they did last year. Um, they they really they, yeah. they don't run the football well right now. DeAndre Swift, um, I got him on a fantasy team, and like when he doesn't score touchdowns, he doesn't score you points because they just yeah. don't run the ball well. And I think a lot of that is just having him as a back. Their running game is a little bit more of that quick pass or like kind of hitch hitches out of the backfield like and right now with with uh Jalen Hurts struggling with you know whatever's going on with his knee um I think that brace definitely was the reason that that wasn't a more significant injury um yes. towards the end of the game there so 
they're playing their brand of football and they're going to beat most teams any given Sunday. But like I said, if you guys have, uh, if you guys have a couple of things go your way, um, I think this game could be very different. I will also say if, uh, you guys would have gotten that two point conversion, uh, where Dak stepped out of bounds, yes. I was, mm-hmm. look, I was looking real good on my tie prediction. Cause you guys could have kicked a field goal. Uh, there at the end uh, of the yes. And then you guys could have just stalemated it up in the OT. And that's what I was hoping for. But, yeah, man, heartbreaking loss, but again, encouraging signs. Uh, I think your Cowboys are going to be all right looking forward. I agree. Um, I think when we see this team again, um, I, I I think we play them in December, right around at Christmas home. time. Yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, I think I think the Cowboys even it up one to one. We we get the job done at home and. I would sure love to, to see a rubber match um, come the playoffs. But unfortunately, right now, it looks like um, it's going to be uh, the Eagles as the home team. But I want to talk about um, my Dallas Cowboys upcoming schedule. I'll wait until we get into our Week 10 preview. But our upcoming schedule is looking real nice, and the Eagles is looking a little tough. Um, before we get into that, uh, NFC's power rankings for the quarterback. I got to keep Jalen up there at number one. I mean, although the guy's playing on one leg, like I said, the pass to uh, Demonte Smith was a thing of beauty. That kid's got heart. He's number one in the division. Got to keep um, Sam Howell and Dak tied at number two. Both those guys are playing great football games back-to-back. They deserve it. Number three, I suppose, right now, Tommy DeVito. Welcome to the top three of the uh, the, (laughs) – I don't know who's. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be healthy enough, but we'll put him at number four. Daniel Jones. We'll put him on the IR for the rest of the year, oh, yeah. and uh, we hope that he gets well. The guy's got 160 million dollars to uh, smile about, so you know, hopefully, yeah. he's having fun um, <laughs> during his rehab. <laughs> okay, as as I alluded to, um, the Dallas Cowboys have an easy schedule coming up, and as we get into Week 10, we will be hosting the lowly New York Football Giants, who we talked about. Dallas Cowboys are 16 and a half point favorites in this game. Like that's ridiculous. That's like a that's a college spread. That's like Florida yeah. State versus like Boston College or something. Like that's that is a completely ridiculous NFL spread. And obviously the Vegas Sharps know something. They know that the last time these two teams won, the Cowboys beat them by 40 points and the Giants are probably a worse version of that team right now. So not only do the Cowboys get the Giants this Sunday, next week the Cowboys play the Carolina Panthers, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And in two weeks, Thanksgiving, the Cowboys play the Washington Commanders. So that's not an easy game. Well, let me just read you. (laughs) No, I would never insult the Commanders like that. Uh, The the Eagles are on a bye week this week. Following the Philadelphia Eagles bye week, they play a Monday night football game in Kansas City, Super Bowl rematch. That's going to be fun to watch, but obviously a tough game for the Eagles. Following that, on a short week, the Eagles then play the Buffalo Bills. Another brutal matchup for them. After playing the Bills and the Eagles, who do the Eagles play then, John? The San Francisco 49ers. Like, that is a murderer's row of an NFL schedule right there. So, I don't think all of a sudden the Cowboys are just going to come out of nowhere and grab the number one seed in the NFC. But I think as we get closer to that Christmas game for Cowboys-Eagles, I think it's gonna. It could come down to who wins the division. So still a lot of lot to play for in Big D. Unfortunately, this game, I don't think there's gonna be a lot to play for. I think that Cooper Rush is probably gonna make an appearance in the second half of this football game. I think the Cowboys are gonna completely roll them here. It's not gonna be to forty to nothing, but I'm not gonna break down the X's and O's in this game. 
I don't, I'm not sure um, if Tyrod Taylor is going to be available. If it's Tyrod, if it's Tommy DeVito, there's going to be no passing game for the New York Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley, obviously we're going to uh, concert all of our efforts to stop him. Darren Waller out um, is on the IR. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. So when you got Wandale Robinson, the rookie, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, these, these are not weapons that scare you. So I think Dan Quinn unleashes the dogs. I could see a defensive touchdown in this game from maybe big Stan Bland or somebody else stepping up. I got the Dallas Cowboys to roll in this game. I'll say slightly tighter than the season opener. I'll go 37 to seven Cowboys. How about you? Wow, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, teams coming off of a bad beat, um, just getting yes. beat down in the NFL and how they typically bounce back. But this is not a Giants team that's built for that. And actually, before I get too much no. into this game, Brian, one thing that I forgot to mention when we were doing the Eagles Cowboys recap. Massive yeah. uh, kudos to the Cowboys. They stopped uh, or or ended AJ Brown's streak of 125 plus yards. So, um, so he yeah, only had like there. 60, 65 or 70. He did get he, in the end zone. Still, clearly, clearly had an impact on the game. But yes, we slowed absolutely. him down. Yeah, and and the Giants' defense, I don't think, is going to be able to slow down uh, any of these Cowboys wide receivers. Uh, CD Lamb, like I said, coming off of nearly 200 yard game. Um, I think Dak's going to have no problem against uh, the Giants' defense here. Um, as you mentioned, it could be a quick and quick, quick game for Dak. Right? If this thing gets out of hand, you might see some Cooper Rush. Um, this might be an opportunity for you guys to kind of establish the run game too, and kind of get yeah. back to. I mean, you got to get you got to get Tony Pollard more meaningful touches in these games if you want to continue to pro- progress through the season, right? Because as we know. As the season goes on, uh, running football teams typically fare better. Um, so you guys got to figure out something in the run game. I do think, you know, uh, Dak has shown at least this year right now that he's going to continue throwing the ball around. Um, and and like I said, with the uh, the kind of come up of Jake Ferguson, it's nice to see that you guys have more targets. You guys just signed Martavis Bryant. Um, you sent Interesting, that yeah. To yeah, uh, on, the, uh, on the Instagram there. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, this this game is definitely. I mean, the sixteen point spread, like you see, like you said, it just seems wild in the NFL. Anytime spreads like this come up, but it's hard to see any outlet for the Giants here. Tommy DeVito going to be under constant pressure, I'm sure, uh, from Michael okay. Parsons and the boys. And uh, I don't even see how like the 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 bright spot of Jalen Hyatt kind of looking like he might break out like. They're not. He's not even going to have time to establish a deep ball. I feel like with with y'all's defense. So, yes. um, yeah, this is going to be a tough one for the Giants. And uh, like like we've been saying, probably especially now with the Daniel Jones injury, uh, possibly Tyrod comes back. But things are going to probably continue to get worse before they get better for the Giants. So yes, um, I just googled it. Um, as you were speaking, sorry to interrupt. A uh, Tyrod Taylor was placed on the injured reserve with that rib injury, so oh, he wow. will miss at least this sure. game and the next two. So it is Tommy DeVito under center, one hundred percent. Tommy DeVito, no matter what. Okay. Um, I was trying to see what the over under on this game was because what do you say, thirty seven points by your Cowboys? That's pretty uh pretty high. The over under is thirty eight and a half. Yeah. So they're saying that the or the Cowboys aren't going to score many either. Yeah, I mean, the Giants' defense, I mean, I guess I'm kind of knocking them a little bit. They've been okay. 
outside of maybe the Raiders game and maybe one or two others. But yeah, yeah. I just this this thing's gonna get pretty bad. I think so. I'll say um, I'll go thirty-one to six, Cowboys. Thirty-one to six. Yeah. Now that we're talking like this, though. I feel like there is a slight possibility that Sunday afternoon, I don't think the Cowboys lose. I think there's no, no possibility outside of a catastrophic injury to the majority of the team that they lose this football game. But we could be sitting there Sunday at 4.30 via Mike at halftime. Is it really 7-3? to three? You know, the, the Giants defense just comes out. Wake Martindale lights a fire underneath them, and, like, they slow down the offense enough to make it, like, an ugly, muddy game. Dak Prescott reverts to, you know, 2022. Dak throws a couple of interceptions. Maybe the Giants take one back for a touchdown. That's the only chance. Other than that, this is a blowout. Any given Sunday. <laughs> that's what that's do with two two great references but from that movie uh that that al pacino speech uh gave me chills this one you were reciting it i used to know all it right by john heart. i used to know it by heart oh, dude. such a great movie all right let's us now finish up our week 10 preview by going out to the west coast the washington commanders will be going out to play the seattle seahawks seattle seahawks coming off of a beat down by the Baltimore Ravens. It's crazy to see what the Ravens do to NFC teams. Like the, the teams who are not used to playing Lamar Jackson, they get their doors blown off. Yeah. Uh, but the Ravens beat the Seahawks uh, 37 to three. So as a familiar score that I think maybe the Cowboys giants could be forecasted for. Um, but I think that obviously we're going to get a better brand of Seahawks football. Um, Pete Carroll's going to have his guys motivated. Um, and there's a there's some history between these two teams. You know that I think of the fateful playoff game where RG3, of course, oh, um, don't even, don't you know, even kinda, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think uh, I think Seattle has some good defensive backs. Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, the rookie Witherspoon we've talked about um, uh, over the duration of this, this year's podcast. So Sam Howell's going to have to be careful. But the commanders have the horses to run with those guys. They've got the receivers to match up with three good corners. I'd like to see the running game be a little more dominant this week. Let me see B-Rob get 18 carries. Let Antonio Gibson get 10. Um, you know, let's get, let's get those carries up, up to near 30. Hopefully the offensive line plays similar to the way they played last week against the Patriots. On the flip side, as far as the defensive matchup, this is a different Geno Smith than we saw last year, man. Geno Smith was the, oh, they tried to write me off and I didn't write back. I love the story. I rooted for Geno. I still root for Geno. But he has reverted back to the Geno Smith that, you know, was once a bust when the Jets took him high in the draft, throwing a lot of interceptions, threw another one last week. So I think Emmanuel Forbes, St. Juice, and those guys, maybe Quan Martin just got his first career interception. Another one of the safeties, Cameron Curl or Reeves, can come up with a big pick. I need this commander's defense to step up. They stepped up last week with the, um, as uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young went out the door. But I think you need to focus on slowing down this running game. Kenneth Walker, been hot and cold this year. I've seen him have a few big games, but last year, uh, last week, excuse me, uh, did absolutely nothing running the ball. The rookie out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet, has shown flashes. He's a very hard runner. So um, the linebacking core of the commanders is going to have to be ready for some physical football. I think this offensive line of Seattle is susceptible. Although you lost your top two pass rushers to, to the trade, I can see the commanders putting some pressure on Geno Smith, keeping him under constant duress. I want to hey. pick the commanders to win this game. I really do because I think you guys have a chance. I think the six and a half is too rich, though. I'll say Seattle gets on gets on track with a 
ugly win. Not that I think the teams are going to play ugly, but just not pretty. I'll go, uh, let's say, 20-17. to 17. Seahawks get it done, but Commanders play them tough right down into the end. How about you? Yeah, I, starting with the defensive side of the ball, as you just mentioned, um, I, I, the Seattle offensive line definitely looks susceptible. I feel like the last couple of weeks as I've seen – uh, you know, just peripheral on on Seahawks games or watching on Red Zone. It seems like Geno Smith is always under duress or is always getting sacked. I mean, coming from a Washington fan, that's funny to say, right? Sam Howell leading <laughs> in the sack department, but uh, yeah, they just they have not been able to get rolling, and he's got wide receiver targets. So I mean, they have the and they've got a running game. I mean, as you mentioned, Kenneth Walker struggles last week, but they have the pieces on offense. So. I don't know exactly what's going on with Geno Smith, but Washington's defense has got to build on on this performance this week. I really would like to see Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne step up here. Um, they didn't really put a big mark on this game. Obviously, they're both leaders, or at least Jonathan Aller. Uh, Jonathan Allen is a uh, captain uh, and, and, and a leader on this team. Um, if we can't get it done on the outsides now that we've you know lost our two defensive ends, I really would like to see these guys make an impact uh, with that up-the-middle pressure that all quarterbacks hate. Get in Geno's face early and often um, and kind of keep uh, keep that passing game at bay because DK Metcalf uh, is a big, strong wide receiver, uh, the, likes he of is, a, he is. The, the likes of A.J. Brown. And if they try to get him matched up against Emmanuel Forbes, we've seen how that has fared. Uh, so, Jack Del Rio, do your best to scheme up. I don't know... Um, if we can keep Emmanuel Forbes on Tyler Lockett's side of the ball, or uh, I think Tyler Lockett plays the slot a lot, get him on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, but do not put that poor kid, uh, all 155 pounds of him, out on <laughs> out on DK Metcalf because that that probably isn't going to be a good end there. Um, but no, it, it's encouraging. Um, the offense, obviously, like we talked about, has just been taking steps forward. Um, you know, throughout the season. This is a week-to-week league, obviously. Um, Sam Howell, coming into this year, knowing he was going to have some stinkers, I'm trying to kind of not focus on them. But last week, you know, going into the Patriots, this week going into another defensive-minded team with with Pete Carroll at the helm, it definitely makes me nervous. I agree with you. Um, the six-and-a-half points there is hard to swallow. The Seahawks are great at home. They've got their 12th man. I just don't know if the commanders can pull it out. I do think it's another good game, um, hopefully for the offense. I do worry a little bit because you you mentioned Witherspoon um, and, and some of their their defensive players. Uh, Pete Carroll will get after it with you know uh, outside corner blitzes and stuff like that. The offensive line has looked better. We made some adjustments the last two weeks. We've got Tyler Larson in there now at center. He's been with us for years and he he's started in stints. And uh, we've got uh, Sadiq Charles out, so uh, Chris Paul is starting at left guard. And right now it looks a lot better uh, on paper. Sam Howell's not taking as many sacks, but he's also getting the ball out a lot faster. So if we can continue to build on that, like I said, I think we put another uh, good game on film. Um, But, man, that's just a tough place to go and get a road win. Um, Until I continue to see more consistency, again, I'm in a spot where I want to see the commanders win. But this is just a tough spot to, again, pick uh, for a W. So, boys, go out there and get the win. But uh, if I'm picking, 
I'm also taking the Seahawks. I'm going to say 24 to 20 uh, Seahawks pull it out. So we both got a close game. And, and my goodness, though, could you imagine if you guys, um, I certainly could imagine, it's not a huge upset, but if you guys do get this victory in Seattle on Sunday, the vibes in that plane ride from Seattle back oh to the gosh, nation's yeah. capital, this team is going to believe in themselves heading into Thanksgiving. So it's yeah. exciting, man. There is a... Well, and then before when you mentioned Ron Rivera talking about victory, uh, victory Tuesday, that was John Allen who led the charge on that. Before Ron nice. Rivera spoke, I don't know if you saw that video, John Allen uh -uh. put his hands up, put his hand up, left hand up, who were we, the commanders, and uh, started that off by saying, hey, I'll see you all on Wednesday, and then kind of side-eyed Ron <laughs> Rivera to see his his reaction. And Rivera was like, no, 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 no. All right, victory Tuesday. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely feeling it. They're definitely feeling it. I don't know if you saw another little uh, side note. I don't want to get too much into this, but. Chase Young definitely in his uh, opening press conference now with the 49ers. Did threw his shade. First threw some definitely shade. Threw some shade. Like, dude, you you aren't the guy that we drafted you to be. So he wants to talk about winners and being in a winning culture. That's real easy to do when you're in the San Francisco 49ers locker room. So a lot of what he yeah. said is true, but like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the commanders, commanders can, can continue to build on on a good game this past week, and I hope they go out and get a win. Obviously, you guys don't have the talent of San Francisco 49ers. Nobody in the NFL does, probably. Um, but uh, Mark Sanchez uh, was on the herd this week. He's doing the game um, for you guys, uh, Seahawks okay. versus Washington. I talked about Greg Olson being um, kind of an underrated commentator. I don't know if you've been, if you've been able to sit down to watch 60 minutes of Mark Sanchez. I know it sounds kind of silly. You think of Mark Sanchez as the butt fumble guy. <laughs> Mark Sanchez up in, up, up in the booth, that dude is sharp. Uh, obviously, a former quarterback. He knows the X's and knows He will call out things in a game that I don't see as a novice fan. So I think you're really going to enjoy listening um, to him. Nice. Um, back back to my point, he was telling Colin, like, don't don't sleep on Washington. Like, like they have their problems. They may still have a problem with the head coaching position, but they have some dudes. They have talent on both sides of the football. And when they lose football games, mm. it's not because they don't stack up with their opponents. It's just because sometimes, kind of like Coach said about the Cowboys, some of the intangibles, some of the football awareness that the better teams have, they're still trying to find it, but they do have talent. Yeah, and I'm happy you mentioned that, Brian, um, because massive kudos to James Smith-Williams, uh, one of the okay. uh, fill-in defensive ends for our team, uh, who essentially faked an injury, uh, went down on a contested catch to give Ron Rivera plenty of time this time to uh, get a good look at the replay in order to throw the challenge flag, because we all know how that ended up uh, in Philadelphia the week previous. So we've got some yep. handsy players out there, and... Uh, yeah, guy definitely faked an injury because he was right back in the game a couple of plays later, but uh, he sold it well. Well, speaking of headsy players, I want to bring on Jay Luds. Unfortunately, Jay Luds wasn't able to be with us live in studio tonight. I'm sure a lot of you are disappointed. Um, but he did. He's coming off of a winning week, and he's back up to 500, folks. As always, he's calling for 500. He's 15 and 15. We're headed to the second half of the season. Let's see what Luds is bringing us. Week 10, week 10. Can't believe we're already in uh, double digits in the weeks here in the NFL. Um, 15 and 15, guys. Finally got there. I'm at 500. Uh, sorry about the memo this week. It's just busy night tonight. So I'm just hopping on here, at least giving, giving my pick. So 
I'm gonna start. Knowing B, he likes to save the Dallas game for for last, typically. So I'll start with the Washington <laughs> game. Washington at Seattle. Seattle's favorite six and a half. You know, Washington uh, coming coming up with a big win last week. But as I've been saying, you know, they still haven't. They gotta earn my trust. They still haven't earned my trust. Still a little too inconsistent. I'd like to see what they could do here on the road in Seattle. Very tough place to play. You know, Seattle got the. Uh, Got the shit beat out of them last week. So I think Pete Carroll will have those boys ready to play this week coming off that loss against Baltimore. But I'm going to take Seattle here, minus six and a half. I got the score 24 17 Seahawks oh. at home. Uh, then we'll jump to the Giants in Dallas. You know, Dallas, uh, big number there, minus 16 and a half. Big, big number. Um, but you know what? Dallas is at home. They had a real tough game against Philly. Uh, another divisional game this week. Giants getting blown out by Las Vegas last week. Uh, now they're only going to be playing a tougher team on the road. So I am going to go with Dallas. I'm going to take the 16 and a half. Let's go. I'm going to go 34-13 Cowboys. And then uh, a couple upset picks. I like the Minnesota Vikings coming off that big victory last week. I like them plus two and a half at home against the Saints. The Saints don't impress me. I don't like Derek Carr. I think they're trash. <laughs> And then I I like Cleveland plus six. I don't I don't think Cleveland wins the game. I think the Ravens will win by a field goal. But I do like the Cleveland plus the points in Baltimore. Cleveland's got a tough defense. I think they can uh, give uh, that bum Lamar Jackson some trouble. So I like Cleveland plus six. I like Minnesota plus two and a half. Good luck, boys. Love you guys. Appreciate our listeners. And um, talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you, Lutz. Can't wait to have you back next week. As always, he loves to take a dig at the great Lamar Jackson, who just might be the NFL MVP at this point in the season. But to recap, Lutz has the Browns plus six against the Ravens. That's a divisional rivalry. I would take those six points all day. And the Vikings as a home dog. Man, if you're a football fan, how can you not root for Josh Dobbs, Sean? After what you saw him do last week, that was fun. Yeah, shout out to... Shout out to the Vikings, as they say, up in the gray, white, north, Skull. And to recap um, Ludge's picks, he's swallowing this week. He's swallowing six and a half with Seattle, and he's swallowing all 16 and a half with the Cowboys. Uh, we will see if he's back next week. Rumor has it George Van Riper may be joining the show. It's been a while, GVR. We, we miss you. We've heard rumors. Um, all the GVR fans uh, rejoice. He will be back. Thank you all for listening. We love you guys of the NFC East. Fruit.